Never made it as a wise man I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing Tired of living like a blind man I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling And this is how you remind me This is how you remind me of what I really am This is how you remind me Hi, my name is Chris Lockhart. Uh, before I begin, I just wanted to say that my dad, Ken Lockhart, did not want a funeral. He didn't, I don't know, for whatever reason, he thought it was too much fuss. He didn't want people mourning him or something. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, after discussing with uh, my sister, you know, we, you know, we're grieving and we needed some closure. So rather, so at the same time as, um, abiding by his wishes we decided to have a celebration of life for my father uh which was held uh november 4th 2023 my dad passed away october 5th 2023 so almost a month later uh we had a celebration of life which was not a funeral um you know uh there was not it was nothing like that uh, but we wanted to have a celebration of life we wanted to have some closure and we just felt like doing a celebration of life was the best way of doing it. So we're honoring our father's wishes while at the same time finding closure in uh, friend, you know, ha having a celebration of life with friends and family. I mean, we had a good turnout. We had quite a few people come to the celebration. I would say at least 60 people or, or more uh, came and, and definitely a lot more that couldn't make it sent us well wishes and, and messages and, and condolences and all that. So... Um, my dad was, you know, a very well-liked person. It was very, um, humbling and, and heartwarming, uh, you know, everyone, you know, reaching out and, and sharing memories about our dad and, and, uh, being there for our family during our time of grief. So anyway, what I'm about to read is the, the, the notes I wrote, uh, for, you know, I didn't make a speech per se. I'm more of an ad lib kind of guy. I do I do podcasting, and I don't really uh, do a script or anything. I just kind of, you know, make notes and fly by the seat of my pants type of thing. So that's what I did, and it worked out pretty well. But uh, unfortunately, some people couldn't make it, and I thought, you know, since I have the ability to record, and you know, like like I said, I do podcasting, so this is something I do normally anyway. Uh, why not read what I have written, put it out on my social media, and then it's there for people to listen to. So let us begin. So anyway, I began the uh, my, my talk with, because uh, where I work, whenever we have meetings and something, we have what's called an icebreaker. And this kind of, you know, just, you know, breaks the ice, you know, gets people prepared for, you know, maybe you know, hearing some things they may, may not want to hear, but this kind of lightens it up a little bit, makes it a little bit more inviting of a meeting. So my dad was born August 8, 1959, to parents Gordon and Rena Lockhart. Her maiden name was Gladjew. He had uh, two half-siblings, Gary and Dennis Gladjew. He had four, or sorry, three full siblings, Elaine, Margaret, and Gordon Lockhart. He is predeceased by his parents and his brothers. Um, so yeah, the celebration of life was held November 4th at the Barhead Senior Center. So for the icebreaker, because my dad was born in 1959, I have a book, little 
pamphlet here I got from the dollar store. Um, 1959, remember when? Uh, so he was born in 1959, so I'm trying to remember. An international agreement is signed to preserve Antarctica in 1959. Uh, for the national news, uh, pantyhose and Barbie dolls are introduced to U.S. consumers. Uh, you know, my dad's the same age as, as Barbie, apparently. Uh, this one he, he uh, would have enjoyed. 1959 sport news. My dad was a sports guy. Uh, World Series champions were the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, pro football champions were the Baltimore Colts. Uh, the Stanley Cup winner was the Montreal Canadiens. And the Grey Cup champions were the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, cost of living. Uh, a new house in 1959 was approximately $12,400. The average income was around $5,000. A uh, new car was $2,200, average rent was around $97 a month, a movie ticket was around $1 a month, and because this is U.S., gasoline was $0.25 cents per gallon in 1959, and uh, some uh, notable 1959 birth notices. Uh, Randy Travis was born May 4th. Weird Al Yankovic was born October 23rd, 1959. And Judd Nelson was born November 28th, 1959. As well as Tom Arnold, Aidan Quinn, and Clint Howard. So those are uh, some celebrities that were born the same time as my dad. So the first part I'm going to talk about is his childhood to teen years. His nickname was Grandpa because he was so serious. Uh, lots of responsibilities as a child. Uh, my grandpa worked up north a lot, and granny didn't drive, uh, so he watched over his mom and, and siblings and did a lot of the farm work. I remember my granny telling me one time, you know, they, they, they didn't have a lot of money. You know, like they, you know, they were doing okay, but they didn't have a lot of money. But uh, they bought my dad a new pair of rubber boots, and he was so excited with these rubber boots, he actually wore them to bed with him that night. And my mom said even years later... Uh, she bought him a snowsuit, and he wore it all day. You know, he just, you know, when when there was something he, you know, liked and loved, you know, he just cherished it. Um, my granny also told me he loved watching Rocky and Bullwinkle as a child. Uh, he was a hockey fan his whole life. Uh, he was a Leafs fan as a child. Uncle and Dad used to stand for the national anthem, but they were both, uh, and my, my uncle was a Habs fan, which is Montreal Canadiens, and my dad was a Leafs fan. But they were both Bobby Orr fans, who played for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Leafs lost a lot back in those days, and not, not a lot has changed. Uh, my dad enjoyed disco, Tina Turner, and later Nickelback. And my dad was even quoted as saying that Nickelback is the greatest Canadian band ever. I I don't. I like Nickelback, but I, I don't agree with that statement. But you know, he loved Nickelback. Uh, he had a 1976 Dodge Baby Blue and White with Siders truck. Best friends back in the day were Lonnie Williams and Danny Penchuk. All right. So this is his work. Uh, my dad owned a mower, and he used to uh, mow ditches uh, in the summertime. Um, so yeah, like the big tractor and and, and mower. Um, he was hardworking. His co-workers always had really nice things to say about him. Uh, he worked for the government clearing brush. He worked at Ziedler's slash Imperial Lumber. He was an apprentice carpenter with Greg Beeson. He worked in the logging industry for Bill Armstrong north of Slave Lake. He worked for Border Paving. And in 1987, he started working at the Swan Hills Treatment Center, which is where I currently work. Uh, first as a security guard. 
then as an operator, then a supervisor. Uh, and he worked there for 12 years. He took a voluntary layoff in 1999, and he went to work for Slave Lake Pulp for a brief period. And then he went overseas to Brunei in the waste incineration business, working for a company, I believe, based out of, out of Australia. When he came back in uh, early 2004, he worked as a contractor for a building company. Then he went to work for New Alta, uh, a waste management company in Alberta. Well, I guess they had not just Alberta, but, you know, mostly in Alberta. Um, and then later for Secure. And then that was the last place he worked. His likes. The last few years, he watched a lot of NFL. It didn't didn't matter who was playing. I don't think he had a particular team that he favored, but he just loved watching the NFL. Uh, he loved cards. Uh, hearts, high, f- high five. Um, he played a lot with... Uh, with my mom and my gr- and her parents, uh, like they used to have card nights when I was a kid. I remember grandma and grandpa coming over and and they would play that. The last few years, like my dad is an Oilers fan. Um, you know, like when the Oilers came into the NHL, like he went from being a Leafs fan to being an Oilers fan. He also watched a lot of uh, NHL Network. But my dad was a fan from the Oilers, you know, from the time they joined the NHL. And these last few years, he's been extremely blown away by Connor McDavid. Like he just couldn't say enough great things about Connor McDavid like he was really really impressed with him he also loved a lot of other sports he was not a basketball fan he was a Blue Jays fan which he had a love-hate relationship with sometimes he would refer to the Blue Jays as the Blow Jays um but he would watch any hockey game just kind of like the NFL like he'd watch any any NFL game but if there was you know if the Oilers weren't playing and there's a hockey game on he'd put it on he was a fan of the TV series The Sopranos he was a fan of the Canadian TV series North of 60 in, in the most recent years became a fan of Yellowstone. He was obsessed with vacuuming. That guy had, uh, you know, Dyson for every vehicle. He had like a, you know, big Dyson. He had the little Dysons in the house. He was always vacuuming stuff up. He, he loved vacuuming. He was a big fan of the penguins from Madagascar. Um, I remember he actually took my kids and, uh, and my wife and I to the penguins movie when it came out at our local theater, and I remember my wife uh, telling me that, you know, because she was sitting by my dad, and she would look over at him, and he, just seeing him smile and laugh, um, he was just like a little kid. He, he loved those penguins. Um, he was also a fan of the movies The Last of the Mohicans, uh, Pulp Fiction, Wyatt Earp. He did enjoy comedies back in the day. I remember him saying specifically that Tommy Boy was his favorite Saturday Night Live movie. So as a father, uh, he married my mom in 1979. I was born in 1980, Bree in 1983, but I still maintain I'm the younger sibling. We lived in the Fort Motor and Trailer Court until the fall of 1989 when we moved up to the family farm, which is where my grandma and grandpa Lockhart lived, and my dad purchased it from my granny. My grandpa died in 1985. He He purchased it from my granny in 1989, and we moved up there. I remember we used to play catch a lot, um, you know, spring, summer, you know, like after supper, you know, we would grab the ball gloves, we'd go out and toss the ball for like half an hour, you know, and in the fall it was, uh, he w- we would toss the, the football around because it was football season, uh, but he also for the winter time would make a homemade hockey rink, it wasn't like NHL size or anything like that, it was like, you know, if you go to a, a, a typical rink, uh, it was about the size of maybe one end, 
maybe half of one end at a rink. So, you know, like I, I, it wasn't really big enough for us to skate on, but we could, you know, shoot the puck and stick handle. And I used to, you know, my cousin Lenny and I uh, would be on one team and then my dad and my sister would be on the other team. My sister would be playing goalie. We'd have a wooden goalie for our team and yeah, dad and Brianna would still kick our butts. I remember he used to drink Red Rose tea by the potful when he did work in the garage. He was a coffee drinker, but he later in life he sw- had to switch to decaf. But, you know, getting back to the Red Rose tea, I told the story at the Celebration of Life that uh, the one day he was working out in the garage, because my dad used to do a lot of woodwork. Uh, so he was, you know, making wishing wells, uh, birdhouses, that sort of thing. He was really handy with woodwork. One day he, you know, he has tea out with him in the garage and decided to go get a, another cup. So he went into the house and he filled his cup. And as he's looking out the window at the, towards the garage, he sees a bear come out of the garage. So after he left, a bear walked into the garage. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, that was just you know, dad's luck, I guess. He was very mechanically inclined. He was a every jack of all trades handyman. You know, I had some electrical work I needed done at my house. My dad did it. If you needed anything fixed, he was the guy. You know, whether it was your car, your furnace, whatever. He could figure it out. And this is before YouTube. Like, he would figure it out himself. Because he could just look at things and, and figure it out. Like, it was it, 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 an amazing talent that I did not inherit, unfortunately. He coached my sister's ball team for a year, too, with my mom chipping in when he worked. Even though he was not a Star Trek fan, he helped me become a lifelong Trekkie. Now, the story goes that back in the 80s, uh, you know, because my dad's a hockey guy, so, you know, he would always watch Hockey Night in Canada. It didn't matter if the Oilers were playing, he was watching Hockey Night in Canada at 5 o'clock. In those days, CBC used to air Star Trek, the original series, at 4 o'clock. So my dad would just turn the channel, because we only had, like, two or three channels at the time. He would turn it to CBC. They were, you know, these old Star Trek episodes would air. My dad would watch them, and I'd watch them with him. And I just... I just gravitated towards Star Trek. I know my dad would have preferred I'd been more of a hockey fan, but later in life I did become more of a hockey fan. But definitely back in those days I, I loved Star Trek, and I still love Star Trek. I've become, a, you know, like I said, a lifelong Trekkie. And I really, you know, my, have my parents to thank for that. And my dad, this was his part of the story. Like he, we used to watch Star Trek before Hockey Night in Canada every Saturday. Uh, he de- he donated, one of the things I learned after his death, he donated food and money quite a bit like i knew he donated food and money when he was manager with secure to the swan hills food bank but what i didn't realize at the time and i learned this afterwards after talking to a co-worker who volunteers at the food bank that he actually helped deliver hampers to the less fortunate uh during a, uh, one christmas and this co-worker she also worked at the super a up here in swan hills and he she said yeah like he was always donating to the food bank whenever they would have like you know people there you know, you know, whatever. He was always willing to donate. He was always willing to help out people less fortunate, whether it was paying for someone's gas who forgot their wallets after filling up or paying for someone's groceries. Last year, I think it was about a year ago, actually, there was a family needing a ride to Whitecourt. They posted in at the Swan Hills General Discussion on Facebook. They need a ride to Walmart in a, a neighboring community called Whitecourt uh, to get groceries. Uh, because they were on a budget and they figured, you know, like Walmart is the best place to get groceries. I think everyone knows that. On a budget. Dad took them and paid for their groceries. So they went to pay and he paid for it. And he wouldn't take their gas money either. 
his wife, who is not my mom, uh, uh, his second wife, uh, she wasn't too happy with him, but he didn't care. He was he was happy. So my dad uh, is um, Métis, um, but he looked very native. Uh, so we used to say dad wasn't much of an Indian. He needed gas to start a fire. He couldn't build a fire to save his life. One time he took us to a powwow with my granny and a bird flew over and shit on his head. It was as if the bird knew, we know you don't want to be here. Uh, the stare. Dad could do more damage to you with a stare than anything he could possibly say. One of his former colleagues told me he could just he would just stare, shake his head, and walk away. He said that was worse than being yelled at. And believe me, I know. I, I was on the receiving end of these stairs growing up whenever I uh, was a dickhead as a kid. And I'll be, now that I'm a father and a grandfather myself, I totally get it. You know, but my dad, he was like a, you know, he just had that stare that would just tear you apart. Dad, as he got older, loved Halloween. Um, he always gave out great treats and loved seeing the littles in their costumes. Like, when I was a kid, I don't remember my dad really being a Halloween fan, but I noticed these last few years, uh, because, um, like, I work at, like I said, I work at Swan Hills Treatment Plant. I live in Barhead, which is, like, an hour and 15 minutes away. So when my dad moved to Swan Hills, he let me stay at his house, which was perfect. I got to spend time with my dad. I got to save money on rent. And, yeah, I was there for a few Halloweens. You know, grew to, to love Halloween and seeing the little kids coming and trick-or-treating. Like, I don't remember my dad being like that when I was a kid. But, anyway, it was nice to see. He's, he lightened up in his old age. So, anyway, when uh, at the Celebration of Life uh, at the Senior Center in Barhead, uh, we had uh, three big tables set up with uh, displays of pictures um, and items that uh, we collected. Uh, Celebration of Life, there was these tables. Uh, my dad, over the years, used to give me a lot of hockey jerseys, so uh, I displayed all these different hockey jerseys he gave me. Uh, you know, there was pictures, there was a pair of his skates from when he was a teenager. A lot of different items. Uh, anyway, most of the jerseys I gave away uh, to family and friends that attended because I wanted them to have a little something from my dad. Because unfortunately, now transitioning to the elephants in the room, things aren't going really well with uh, my dad's wife and I and my sister. To be honest with you, like, she was never really motherly towards us. And these last few years, she's definitely a lot more standoffish. And I just had a feeling when he was, you know, if he died, things would get bad. And they did. Unfortunately, when my dad died, I found out because she texted my wife. And that's how I found out my dad died, was through a text. Um, I realize she's not my mom, but she is in this scenario that you know because she's married to my dad they were together for 26 years uh married for i think 17 she was the mother figure in this dynamic and you'd think she would call us and let us know with her own words that my dad had died but she didn't we got a text and i've talked to her once since then and there's just you know things i can't say here uh, but there's things that, uh, some shady things going on. She was not at the celebration of life. And we didn't want her there, you know, uh, because of, you know, the way she treated my mom and, the, you know, the way she treated my sister and I. 
really. I felt bad that a couple of my stepsisters couldn't be there. A couple couple of my stepsisters I really genuinely care about and, you know, I know they cared for my dad. I have a couple other stepsisters. One I, one I know cared for my dad, uh, but I don't really care for her. And my other stepsister is just all around not a good person. And she was not good to my dad, so... Anyway, they weren't invited. That's one elephant in the room. And and I, and I, well, I did share this at the Celebration of Life because, you know, people ask questions. And rather than having all these individual conversations, I just wanted to throw it out there. My dad was an alcoholic for the past 26 years or so. Basically, when he got with his current wife, he, you know, she, she's an alcoholic. And he, and he became an alcoholic. Uh, it was ultimately the disease of alcoholism that brought, that brought about his early demise. And that's the hardest part of all this. He would still be here if he had quit. Like that, you know, if, and if there's anything to take away um, what my dad did, you know, in terms of his alcoholism and what he went through as an alcoholic as a template of what not to do. You know, last couple, last three years have been rough for my dad. Like last year, he was hospitalized in in the end of February 2022. I went, you know, because I'd been going to see him quite regularly. And the one day, like, this was after the, the doctor had read him the riot act, had told him, like, you need to quit drinking. There's not an option. You will die if you do not quit drinking. And my dad was particularly sad that day. Um, I don't think he was sad that he had to quit drinking. I think he was sad because his significant other refused to quit drinking. I don't know what was said between them because that happened before I got there. My dad was upset because he was having to go it alone. He didn't come right out and say that, but I, I, you know, I know my dad well enough. I know certain things he says in regards to her. I, I knew that, you know, she was probably there when the doctor, you know, told him he had to quit. And then as soon as the doctor left the room, I'm, I'm sure she probably turned out and said, I hope you don't realize I'm quitting. Because, you know, that was one of the first things he told me. He's like, and she, uh, I don't know, I guess refused to. And she didn't. She, you know, well, my dad was, yeah, you know, fighting for sobriety. She was drinking the entire time. She never stopped. So, but I told dad, I said, I'll quit drinking with you. And this is an offer that I made to my dad several times over these 26 years. And he looked at me and he said, you would do that for me? I said, yeah, I want my dad. I don't care. You know, like if I got to choose between alcohol and my dad, I'm choosing my dad. I mean, I'm not an alcoholic. I know, like, I know that disease is inside me, but it hasn't festered and, and I've never let it. Not to say that I've always been a saint when I've been drinking, but you know. But anyway, I quit drinking for my dad. Even when he fell off the wagon, like he fell off the wagon a couple months after this, and at first he was trying to hide it from me and then just kind of let it out there that he was drinking and he told me you know you know you can drink you can drink son you know it's fine and i told him no i told you i was going to quit drinking for you and i'm going to quit drinking for you i just hope that you honor our agreement at some point even though he didn't ultimately he did say from time to time you know that he was proud of me and even though my dad is now gone i'm not gonna quit quit drinking um <laughs> like i've i've uh i'm almost the you know march 11th it'll be two years of sobriety for me like i don't drink alcohol i don't smoke weed even though it's legal in canada i don't do anything um you know the only drug i consume i guess is caffeine in in coffee 
you know, like that's it. And to be honest with you, I feel I feel great, you know, like alcohol is a ter- is a, it is a terrible thing. And you know, if if alcoholism runs, you know, trying to go off quick tangent here, but if alcohol runs in your family, you know, my suggestion to you is maybe reconsider, you know, get some help, you know, even if you don't think you need it. I just don't, you know, you don't want to end up like my dad. My dad was 64 when he died. I wanted my dad to live to be a hundred. And I think he could have. My dad was a very, when my, when prior to 26 years ago, prior to, you know, getting with her, my dad was a very physically fit guy. Like my dad used to run. He used to do sit-ups and push-ups and winter he was playing, you know, beer hockey. Sometimes he was playing for two different teams. He played you know baseball you know like people would call him because he was such a good ball player you know for tournaments and stuff like other ball teams like if the team he was playing on wasn't playing in that tournament they would call him and ask him if he would like to play because he was such a good athlete he was such a gifted athlete but he literally pissed that all away when he got with her and you know it's a shame you know like my dad was a very strong and healthy man until he got with her And I think if he had, you know, like, I'm not saying, like, you know, him and my mom had the perfect marriage or anything. I'm not saying that at all. But I just wish he would have just stayed away from that alcohol and would have, you know, he could have lived a long and prosperous life. Because the truth of the matter is his significant other for the past 26 years, she was an alcoholic long before she met my dad. So, you know, and I'm not blaming her for, you know, my dad choosing to be you know to drink because you know that it is a choice you know i'm not blaming her um but she didn't help she didn't help so yeah his current wife was not included in the festivities we are at odds with her right now honestly we've been at odds with her for most of their relationship and it's just too bad i made a point of uh all you know prior to all this um telling the the people attending the celebration of life that the music we had music playing throughout the afternoon and it was all songs um that my dad loved my dad was you know like he loved 80s music he loved all sorts of stuff unfortunately my daughter katie and her fiance justin and their daughter paisley could not attend uh due to a stomach flu and actually there was a few others that you know it's that time of year you know people are getting sick and it was unfortunate we did have a lunch uh so i did thank all those and and if you're listening and you did attend thank you again uh, for helping with the lunch and for bringing for the people that brought stuff. Thank you to everyone that attended today to honor my dad, uh, or November 4th, I mean, on the Saturday. Um, because I think he would, you know, I genuinely think if he was watching from heaven, looking down on us, I think he would have been ha- humbled and I think he would have been happy, you know. My dad was his worst, and I, I, I mentioned this, my dad was his own worst critic. You know, like my dad, um, especially, you know, prior to the alcoholism, my dad was a very charismatic, fun, friendly guy. You know, like people just genuinely liked my dad. Like, don't get me wrong. My dad could, you know, even back then could be a dick. You know, if you, if you pissed him off, if you, you know, you, you didn't want to see that side of my dad, believe me, you know, being a stupid kid, you know, I, I was on the receiving end of a few, uh, if you get yelled at sessions, me and my cousin Tyler. But no, like genuinely, you know, most of the time my dad was a gentle, 
nice guy. The the alcohol just kind of took that away from him. You know, at the end, he became like this reclusive, feeble guy. I just it's it, it, the 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 disease of alcoholism is a terrible one. It really is. And for those of you who you know, public service message here. If you think you might have a problem with alcohol, seek help. Like, you know, the AA program is an excellent program. I know some people don't like it, but I think it, it's worked well for a lot of people. Uh, but maybe there's something else. And alcohol is a family disease. If you're uh, like me, you know, I was the child of an alcoholic. Um, you know, Al-Anon is a program you can check out. It's for It's for people that you know, our families of alcoholics. Or if you're a teenager, you know, uh, a lot of communities have what they call alateen, which help with, um, you know, growing up in an alcoholic um, home. So this is a disease that uh, affects the entire family. And, you know, I think, you know, if we work together, you know, we can beat this thing. And it is a disease. I know some people say, no, it's not a disease. It's, you know, it is. It really is. You know, no alcoholic asks to be an alcoholic. It just happens to them because they're predisposed to it. It's something that they're born with, and it just festers. So anyway, you know, unfortunately, alcoholism took my dad from me way too early, in my opinion. Like I said, had he not become an alcoholic, I think he would have lived to be like 80 or 90. He, he was a very strong man, and he will be missed. Uh, so anyway, uh, on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, mm-hmm. uh, my family, um, oh, I should, should throw it out there. Uh, like this, uh, it was, uh, Brianna, Lock, uh, Ridval Lockhart, my sister and, uh, Darcy Lockhart, my, our mother, we were the ones that put the celebration of life together. We were the ones that decided who to invite and who not to invite. And, and I apologize uh, if you didn't get an invite and you're wondering why you didn't get an invite, you may have been overlooked. I apologize for that. You know, like the last month between my, the death of my father and dealing with, you know, the fallout of that. There were some people that, you know, I was thinking about afterwards, like, damn, I forgot to invite this person. I forgot to call that person. Or I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to get a hold of them. You know, and then I'm also, you know, we're grieving the loss of my father. You know, we all got jobs you know, we're trying to organize this thing. So I apologize if you, if we left you out, that was not our intention. Well, I did, we did intend to leave some people out, but they, they know who they are. And if you, if you're listening to this, thank you for taking the time to listen to this. I really appreciate it. Uh, again, my name is Chris Lockhart and this is my contribution to the celebration of life of my father, Ken Lockhart. And dad, we miss you. You know, when my time comes, I'm looking forward to catching up with you. All right? Everyone have a good evening. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Sweet the sound that saved 
Oh. 